Welcome to the Life is Good podcast, where we explore the transformative power of healing, delve into real stories of resilience, and uncover the wisdom that lies within all of us. Each episode is a journey towards a life that is truly good, and I am honored to have you with me on this path to self-discovery and growth. I welcome you, and I thank you. I am here with a um, pretty interesting person, first of all. <laughs> Uh, someone I met here at the Lake uh, Atislan and who from our first ever conversation, I think we were two minutes into what was supposed to be a very short conversation. We went pretty deep into it and we talked quite, uh, quite a, a lot on our, about our healing journeys, about life philosophy and spiritual stuff. Um, and we were still at it for like half an hour half an hour later. Uh, and then it was then that I decided to, I kind of thought this person should be on my podcast. And uh, since then we've been on a few other journeys together. Um, and I just like, uh, like his, uh, I think he has a lot to offer to me and to the audience. And I, I thought our conversation would be pretty interesting. Um, he is also a spiritual mentor and that, that resonates with me a lot because, uh, he's one of the persons that motivated me to step up into my, uh, full or true potential. And he's actually one of the reasons I am doing this podcast now. So I want to thank him a lot for that and to thank him for being here now and for just being who he is. <laughs> Hello, Scott. Hello. How are you? How are you today? Well, to answer that question, I usually check in. <clears throat> you know, that reminds me of when I was a kid. Um, I felt like I was one of the only people, maybe early teens, that when I would ask someone how they're doing, I'd listen. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is not normal. How's <laughs> yeah, it going? Good, good, great. Good day. Yeah, good day. That's rare. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and then it started opening up more to that. I got a job like that. Well, someone, yeah. But for someone to acknowledge you for um, stepping into that greatness, for allowing yourself to become more open to your possibility um, and how that makes an impact on everything and everyone around you. Um, and I think it's less about doing and more about allowing yourself to become more open to those edges and what and, what and where they are um, yeah. and then breathing life into them. You know, literally with breath, because usually we need to do that to come back into oh, yeah. get out of the fear, out of the body, um, to get back into the body. Um, so grateful to be here. Um, it's good because I've had people over the last couple of years ask me, you know, to do a podcast thing, and I'd, I'd go out into the world a bit, and then I'd come back into a jungle. Or a desert, <laughs> or something, mountains, and um, if they wanted it to happen, it would happen. But I found that, um, yeah, I'm just very grateful for the opportunity to have a conversation where I know it would make an impact. Um, uh, give other people the choice to follow along and see what resonates and what doesn't because we're always going to show up wherever we are. And it's really cool to let ourselves become more interested in 
um, what turns us on, what feels good, like what's yeah. what's that passion to follow, you know, and fuck yeah, doing a podcast, <laughs> you know, we learn so much. We do. And it helps us forget a lot, which allows us, I think, it to who we really are. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. And I feel so honored and fortunate that you have chosen to come to this podcast. Um, so thank you. Thank you again for that. Um, I know you're doing a lot of things. Uh, I'm trying to do less. <laughs> That's good, probably. And, um, from what I know, you hold ceremonies, mostly on plants, plant ceremonies. Um, especially cacao, which uh, we just had a ceremony, a cacao ceremony, a beautiful cacao ceremony, where we um, shared our, uh, you know, our own insights and experiences and uh, whatever came through um, just before this podcast. And our hearts opened a bit more. I know my heart opened a bit more and I'm a bit more at peace. Uh, and I loved uh, how you guided that. But do you want to talk to talk a, a bit about that and what do you do and where are you now? Sure. In your journey. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Again, acknowledging that. <clears throat> I think it's a lot to be present and to come from a place that, um, okay, I guess chronological life events would support. Um, I came from a place of, um, uh, I guess my, my, my human signed up to be raised in a house where there was little uh, masculine modeling of emotion being shown. And if it was, it was anger. And if I stood up, then it was violence. And I'm grateful. Um, now, um, my, my stepfather was the last person that I hated. I thought and I felt through that. There's that idea of having the, um, the drinking the poison and hoping that they would die. And it just wasn't working, especially when I ran away from home. The, the human, the person, that impact, um, I'm extremely grateful now. Literally, uh, figuratively, um, emotionally, very open to the opportunity that's being given to me in this life to work through different versions of how the masculine is being predominantly showing up on this planet. And, um, where I held on to an idea that I was not enough and I didn't deserve um, the love of a uh, father, a masculine role. So um, I feel that the opportunity to show up in action really um, gives space for others to to witness a different way of being. And... I think that we're all being called right now. Um, some say it's 144,000. Some say it's some other number. Yeah. Um, to, to step up as this great divergence is shifting and happening in this third dimension, you know, um, I find that, um, what I'm looking for guidance for most recently is how to be more accessible and palatable. So I don't lose someone. As soon as I meet them, you know, I think that I'm meant to, and I've been told this by their guides, other um, spiritual practice peoples. It's funny how we dance around labels a lot in this 
spiritual yeah. quote community. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay with saying shaman, not calling myself, but be with what that is as a practice and a way of life. And I feel that's just like the idea of um, being becoming more in tune with what the actual cycles of the planet and life and animals. And yes, we too are animals. <laughs> and we forget that. Um, yeah. And we're conditioned into forgetting that. So with um, you spoke to plants, um, I find that psilocybin mushrooms um, has recalled me about four or five years ago. <clears throat> Before five years ago, uh, I didn't believe in such things. <laughs> but spirituality is bullshit. And before that, I had resistance to personal development and what that industry was. And so um, going from present day to backwards, um, on a side note, that really supports, I think, the human to have a better opportunity to have things go differently. Because I feel that we are conditioned into looking at a problem or what do we do next or how do we find our purpose. And we're usually looking up what feels like a mountain. And the boulder gets bigger, and we have to push this boulder somehow. But we got to read a book or go to a course or do something so that we can learn the better way to do the thing. And I find that we created that boulder and that mountain. So I think that's why meditation is so important. Um, and going back to what I heard from someone um, the other day was, I feel from her interpretation, there's three types of people on earth or souls experiencing life through bodies. <laughs> um, one is that they, they, they just see and they just always have and they usually had to suppress it, hmm. you know, maybe. And then maybe there's another category of those that need to be shown to see. And I think I was that. Hmm. I think I am. Yeah. It's not as much social prestige, you know, almost in the spiritual community. Yeah. Like saying, no, no, I've always known. Right. I've always saw, I was always conscious. The Matrix, fuck, yeah, I, was, I, I don't think I was. I think I was really trying to fit in and work and do that and make it and um, feel, in, feel in, not even feel into, think that I was pretty... Um, advanced in accessing my emotions mm. until I actually sat through different guided ceremonies in jungles mm. and deserts and therapy before that. Um, and then there's some I feel that I just won't see this life. That's okay. There's a purpose. Yeah. You know, it's not more or less. And um, if we're sitting in this or you're listening to this audio right now on a podcast somewhere, um, you're one of those people that are curious and or you're somewhere along that journey and I feel that gives you an opportunity to become more aware of what it is and what um, your energetic signature is looking for you to be expressed this way. You know, and I'm grateful to become more clear and concise. I'm grateful for the opportunity to become more into the world again from another um, period of isolation um, to become more able to express what it is that feels aligned. And so I think that feeling comes from um, following what feels right. 
like starting for me, like muscle testing was a big thing. Mm. I tried to read through a book called Power Versus Force. <laughs> and um, the idea from it was, okay, just check in with yourself. <laughs> Is that um, like a Dawkins book? Richard, Do- not Dawkins, but R- some. Richard Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black and white cover. Yeah, but either way, right? Mm. Like, it was something. But, like, I feel like most books, it gives you the opportunity to become more aware of something that you already know. And because it's not lodged in your brain and memory, it's something of an intuitive nature. And whatever path or guide or guidance you have, I think it's supporting you to become more aware of what's already present. And you're shedding and letting go of um, what's blocking you hmm. or is to be experienced through, including your emotion. You know? Right. Um, yeah. um, thank you. Thank you for this very deep um, introduction. Uh, one thing that really resonated with me is what you said in the very beginning about growing up in a family where the masculine wasn't really expressed, especially when it comes to emotion, wasn't expressed in a healthy way, which is which resonates with my um, childhood and my uh, with me a lot because I also grew up in a family where my dad was there, uh, but he definitely didn't know how to express you know, his emotions, even his love, actually, in a most healthy way. And the other was anger and there were shouting and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And growing up in that situation, I I didn't have a, a happy childhood or what I thought a happy childhood is until some point later in my life where I look back and I was like, well, I do have quite a bit of stuff to heal. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to not be abused in any way or you know not have a, a really um bad childhood I, I would call it a normal east european childhood more or less uh so i want to ask you something a bit maybe more personal to me like how did you get to re- reconcile that within you like how did you you know move up from that state of being hmm. what you didn't know maybe and again i'm t- speaking for myself where you maybe didn't know how to be a man, how to be a, a healthy man in the society, and how to express that masculine energy both in the world and maybe even with a partner or in a group of people or, you know, situations like that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the question. What comes up now is my present relationship. Oh, actually, step back. I feel that... Um, I feel that I had the opportunity to be quite disassociated with my um, reality of how I was presenting myself. Reality is a word we can get lost in, but I feel it's um, an opportunity to see what is being shared through you um, in a way that is interacting with others or impacting others. Um, I have a very different evolving um, 
feeling and wisdom around that question. Um, I'm very in it still, it feels like. The biggest thing that's present right now for me is um, understanding that my perception of myself and how I'm perceived is becoming, the gap between those two is becoming smaller. Mm. Um, I, I remember there was a moment I was with a partner and a uh, girlfriend and I met her friend, her best friend. I heard all about, but we lived in different cities, so it'd been a while. And I remember in some way we, I, I asked something about how I, how am I perceived by you pretty much? Mm-hmm. And it's like very masculine, very like this and me being like, what the fuck is she talking about? I'm super feminine and I'm like all these things. <laughs> I, like, so it was just like these moments through my life. I had, um, opportunities to kind of check in with the outside world and where is it in relation to my true expression of my energy what's being what's a learned way of being so i could protect or um become Hmm. cope in certain situation and what are other times when it I'm in flow and I'm open and there's less of a defense so that I can become more aware of um, that, that outside perspective and then see and observe um, and with less judgment and um, belief this is or this is not what or who and how I am. Um, so I think in a simple way, uh, the, the backstory in a short version is um, mother and father man father left ish when i was around two ish hmm. um i've learned things since but if we look at that child and if, what if okay so i came to write a book to like we'll get into if there's time but yeah. um the sense that the phrase that came through that was what if it's simple so i was writing like what if it's simple yeah i can complicating things what if it's simple it's a lot of words right now. What if I'm simple? <laughs> what am I trying to say? Being like Hemingway, just say it. And um, what if it was simple is that maybe I was looking to protect the feminine in a way, and I was a two, one-year-old little boy, and I think that that's predominantly being my energy, trying to be a way um, that skipped developing what it's like to feel safe in my own body and to be in play and joy in a way that I'm not looking for something else to tell me it's okay to feel play and joy and good. Um, I think the simple aspect of it is um, we come into a place to understand that we don't feel safe. And as we become more aware of that and it's mirrored back to us, we have the courage to be in groups, like a men's circle, or we go through a program or a retreat, or read a book, but with accountability, and we do some of the practices in it. Um, these are opportunities to, I think, become more um, aware of how and where we are and where there's um, opportunity to close the gap between how we originally signed up before we came on this earth. And we also signed up for some specific challenges and lessons to go through. Sure. Um, and I think that if you've had most more recent past lives that are, um, there's a lot of ritual and opportunity to be with spiritual practice. I think it becomes more challenging when you come back the next time. 
because you don't you wouldn't you you want to really get through it you want to really experience the pain the pleasure the lesson the learning you know um so i am grateful for that and anyone and everyone that i meet that are deep in a spiritual journey or some kind of a path <clears> has <throat> my throat communicating with me and closing up in some way mm. um there's an understanding that there needs to become more of an opportunity to be seen and be felt by others because that will support others to find within them something that resonates so that they can step forward into looking for that support as well, be witnessed and to heal the face, to, to feel through, to question even, to start with curiosity or to hate in another person until they see that it's in them, you know, like wherever and whatever someone is in their journey. And I think the masculine on this planet um, is represented by um, a great opportunity mm-hmm. to um, be more balanced with your the what we call in the polarity of feminine, so that we can um, be with how things flow and operate um, in a more natural way. Um, I think taking on a, a father that um, was quite gifted in understanding their specific role for themselves um, and in, had not um, developed from the, their own parents yeah. the ability to um, feel confident enough to raise another child, to raise um, another human, take on that responsibility, um, that, that, that opportunity for growth. Because there was still a lot of holding on the, his parents. Mm-hmm. And look what you've done, right? You probably sexually molested me or something, whatever the story became. And then it takes on a life of its own. Because he's very intelligent from what I understand. Mm-hmm. There's been some contact between us a couple times mm-hmm. um, over the years. But um, I think what supported me the biggest, and I'll close with this with that question, is... Um, I was helping in a retreat in the Dominican Republic about four years ago, ish or less. Oh, these beautiful people, and we're there. Um, I was with my partner at the time, who uh, is a support and big time connected with the personal development world in San Diego and the area there. Mm-hmm. Like knows the people that are in the books that we read, and um, so there we are in Dominican Republic. I'm there. We're, we're supporting with processes. I was just more kind of just there. And we were sitting in the treehouse village or something like that, mm-hmm. where we're in these, the less developed end of the Dominican Republic. And there was these hot, we were in our little huts, but it was elevated above the jungle. And we had a catwalk to go to the main walkways to join to the kitchen and all that, the communal areas. And the bathroom was just off of our cabin, elevated above the jungle. And I remember it wasn't one of the processes that we're being supported in or going through in this retreat or um, develop personal development work or the, the, the mushroom journey, psilocybin mm-hmm. journey. Um, it was, I'm just going to stand here and you're going to sit on the bed and I'm going to face whatever the fuck it is that I've been coming up more and more clear on and it's here and I'm not going to move. I'm not going to step forward until I have the courage or I 
feel the emotions or I cry or I yell or whatever it is because I've been doing all this personal development work and now it's coming in with these different spirits and I'm just going to stand here and she's, I didn't know this at the time, but she's holding space and I'm there. Sometimes I'm, I'm a facilitator sometimes. I'm a participant. But right now I am not going to step forward until I do whatever it is that's going through me. I love that. And it was, uh, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, it was like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I just, I'm tired of it. I keep, I mean, it's becoming so obvious, but there's something in me that's blocking me from allowing myself to go through whatever it is. Like, I want this thing. I see other people. I've actually lived and worked with people that are like, oh man, he's a billionaire of whatever. Or he's a million. It's like, what am I? <laughs> well, you got to go through the emotions, right? One of my coach training things asked me a question of like, are you willing to go through your emotion? And I remember a month or two, I was like, what the fuck is that? What does that even mean? Because I was blocking it, right? It's like there. Yeah. It's becoming too obvious. And I was there and I'm standing in this, this cabin elevated above the jungle. And, and then I did it and I stepped forward and did the whole thing. And I was like, no, I'm in the tigerry. I'm doing it. And then I walked into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I saw me like I'd never seen me before. And I saw my, like, of course, I fucking look like him, but Jesus Christ, I've never seen this before. Wow. And then I was just there, and I said things, and I yelled things, and I like heard things. And that was the second step. And the first time was at a Tony Robbins event, Six Day Date with Destiny, in Palm, West Palm Beach in 2019, in Florida. But then that fast forwards to this, in this moment, of like, I I, I I love everybody. <laughs> like, I've forgiven. And I couldn't think through it. I had to feel through it. Well, I had to experience good. through it. And then it happened. And now it is. And it's now open. I wow. love, I love everybody <laughs> and everything. And wow. so that really supported me. So without the trauma, the opportunity to be with that type of masculine, and there's another one too that was more present from when I was eight or nine until still with my mother. Where there was, that's who I uh, previously talked about, um, with the, the anger and violence and not being mm -hmm. in tune with his emotions, or, mm -hmm. um, except for anger. And these things led to the opportunity to feel and express and live through and work through. And without that, I wouldn't be where I am in that relationship and that development. Right. So I'm grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for that. Uh, yeah, that is for sure. Like, I also believe, I came to believe that we chose our path, we chose our challenges and our journey. Uh, and that has also been a bit of a stepping stone in my own journey, in my own kind of mm, moving from that sort of victim, fearful mentality that why me, why, um, you know, why, why was I, why was I not accepted by my father? Because that's what I perceived and that's what the trauma uh, in me was saying. Uh, so this idea of, um, of understanding that I needed to go through that definitely gave me a different perspective. And then in my own journey, yeah, also I resonate a lot with what you're saying about going through the emotion, uh, I guess, the way I kind of learned about it is like feel the emotion, letting that emotion 
be processed, be be felt, right? That's what they want, feelings and emotions. They want to be manifest. It's spelled out into the world. And the way we do that is by feeling them instead of resisting them and pushing them down on our, into our, like deeper into our bodies and keeping them stuck there because we are so afraid of the pain they will generate. Because at the point when they Who came up, no, me, okay. <laughs> right? like people in general, but definitely me, uh, I'm talking about uh, my own story here. Yeah. Um, and when I, when I first received this sort of trauma, I was so little, uh, that I thought I would die. I thought that the pain would be so much that I would die. So then I, of course, I pushed it down deep down there and then forgot about it. And then later on, you know, decades after I, I still have to deal with it and I still have to look at it and feel it all and chip, gradually chip things, you know, little, little, um, uh, what was that called? Like, uh, like, like chop, wood chopping, <laughs> you know, from the big bulk of the trauma. And then eventually I would get to the heart of it and feel that too. And, become more free, uh, or at least that's how I kind of see my own journey. Um, but yeah, yeah, this resonates a lot. Thank you. I didn't even know we were kind of have this sort of similar path, similar past, I would say. Um, okay. Well, lots to, to go into, <laughs> but let's keep a, keep a bit of a structure here. Mm. So you said you you started on the spiritual journey about five years ago, and before that you were very against it. Um, I thought it was bullshit. Yeah, it's yeah. just like personal development beforehand. Right. It felt like there was that um, resistance. Right. There was. Because I was right. Because I knew. Right, of course, of course. Because <laughs> our ego knows right, better than, than the divine. Um, but so I'm curious what sparked, what changed it, what shifted it? Was it an, one event or was it a series of events or synchronicities or how did that unfold for you? Sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So what I'm understanding is, um, what are the, what feels like the biggest events that supported shifting or exactly. greater awareness? Yeah. Um, how did you become spiritually? I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, where I'm now in that journey is like the the perspective of the mind and the human is to um, need to know what is and what's going on in some way, or like to have a story or something to hang something on. Um, and I feel that, like, uh, I had a friend, Daniel Levin, wrote a book called The Mosaic. Um, he, he works for Hay House. Mm. Does or did. Um, and he, he would open up these spaces where people would just talk about and be with love. And one of the things he said was this idea of love doesn't care what you think or feel or if it is it unconditional, is it conditional, where it's in my relationship, what did my parents do, where am I with that? Like a lot of analysis. So um, I think that leads me to the idea of um, I think it's like, um, so if you categorize this shift from being less conscious and more conscious, more, yeah. more aware, it feels like 
I've always had a drive to know him. I've had a level of curiosity that felt very um, developed in comparison to others. Mm -hmm. um, I still kept um, a piece of that childlike wonder. And I guess I'd attribute that to my mother being a hippie. She was. She was. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, like she had that. So I was the kid that had the strange lunch. I'm grateful now, but it, it was healthy. Yeah, but what, did you, what did you have? I didn't have. I didn't kids? have anything in like packaged lunch meats and mm. like snack packs and puddings and I don't know whatever you do in Can West Coast Canada. I was from Victoria, BC, Canada. Born in North Vancouver, but we moved when my mm. dad left to the island Vancouver Island uh, in British Columbia. Um, in town Victoria, and in Victoria, about 350,000 people-ish. Um, I was in a school where my mother was raised um, in that neighborhood, and it was a more affluent area, but we weren't. Hmm. Um, so I think I've always been in a place of odds from my surroundings, um, this idea that you don't fit in which is a very common narrative that I find the people that I've supported and those that I'm in uh, connection with still. Yeah. Kind of like that black sheep, the, um, the one that's like here to break the chain. Um, yeah. the, and I think that's an empowering narrative depending on a relationship with it. So if I step back, I feel that um, as I become more aware of the relationship with whatever it is and have that presence of mind to be in the moment, and feel into what is my relationship with my alarm clock? Like, what is it for? Or Gandhi? Or, I mean, like, there's no limit to where and how I can choose to be, cur be curious about my relationship. So my relationship, like a question I'd ask someone, what's your, what is your relationship with anger? Yeah. And then there'd be that long silence that I became really good at. And things come through, right? It's less about what's being asked. It's more about um, giving opportunity for what wants to come through, um, a level of um, containment and safety so that it may have a better chance of coming out. Emotion, thought, feeling, emotions are big and key. Um, a, like a seminal moment would be Going to, I was in a, I stopped all the things. I got to look at a calendar again. I know they're good for you. So, though I'm leaning towards the mind calendar more, but there's this idea of five, six years ago, I just stopped everything. I'm in Victoria, in my hometown. I grew up there since I was two. Went to Willows Elementary and went to Oakley High. Um, just graduated. Um, that's all story. Um, and then that led to a moment of, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I've done some stuff. From the outside, I've got this external validation consistently. I've got really good at it. I'm quite charming. I'm able to deflect very well. <laughs> and I'm able to understand someone where they're coming from, usually before they do, so that I can have them not come to where it is that I'm trying to avoid within me like you spoke to, alluded to, um, that sense of um, those those survival mechanisms, those things that we developed to keep us safe when we needed yeah. to, when we were three and someone took our ice cream. 
Yeah. And then that meant something. And it wasn't nurtured or there wasn't space for it or the emotions weren't allowed to come out or whatever our version of it is. And so from that place, it's been stacked on haphazardly with things that does not make a logical progressive sense of this to this to this. But now we're walking around children in adult bodies, you know, like <laughs> doing our best to adult. And this kind of leads to this, this, this sense of, um, when you see children pretending like doing dress up or playing or creativity and, and they're playing and then it's, it's like, what are you doing? Oh, we're being adults. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm serious. I'm going right. to work. I got, I'm going to have my coffee and right. they get this sense of like determination of like the scrunched up face and yeah. they got dad's tie and like, I'm going to work. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Or like, and it's funny, right? Um, but it's, it's very obvious. It's just, the systematic predominant programming and institutionalized way of conditioning that's become more powerful or is tuning into the power to allow for that way of being to persist and perpetuate. And that's okay. You know? Um, And so I was kind of always out there a little bit. But I was that kid, like most, regardless of if your parent was a quote hippie or not, trying to fit in now, but worked at home, but wasn't okay with money, but needed money, so we didn't have money. Hmm. But we did have money, but we didn't have enough, not compared to the area I was in. Like there's, there's this like incongruency between thoughts and actions and what they want and the courage to follow through to have it go differently. Um, so I think it's the hippie mom, you know, like, and then, the, the stepdad that came in was eight or nine with the structure, but it was like the, I demand respect, you do this or else. Mm-hmm. And me, being very strong-willed, I feel that my soul chose two parents that didn't know what the fuck to do with me because I was a lot. Um, <laughs> um, you know, like parent, my friend's parents would be like, oh, he's got ADD. He's got ADHD, which I don't think is a thing. But... Um, just like I had a lot of energy. I've always had a lot of energy. And so that way of being coupled with this insane curiosity, um, this um, need for um, validation from the outside world to know that I'm okay or I'm enough, <laughs> um, not, quote, getting it from home so I learned to be disruptive. I was, like, kicked out of class. But I knew the limits. Maybe, like, at the principal's office, maybe I won't. But I was getting attention. I would be late because that was the one thing that I thought I could control because I didn't feel in control at home. Wow. You know, that dynamic. Um, it was a, like a fuck you. Right. Just step down, you know, and, and like these own ways, right? And if you're sharing this, there's going to be something that resonates and connects in a way so you can feel more, um, if you choose to, be more open to explore that and feel through it. And I invite you to. Um, and that led to... Fast forward to many different experiences um, that you look at on the timeline, like what the hell is going up north, working in the oil field, connect with like working in a bank, to teaching English in Japan, to um, something in Europe. And then like doing all these things for two, three years, for 20 years, 42 now. And I ran away from home when I was 17. So there's like a lot of opportunities. If you look at a two, three year stints, but I just go all in unconscious and not knowing what I was doing it for. And that led to 
this feeling of, I just don't feel fulfilled no matter what I do. I'm on a professional triathlon team. doesn't matter what I place, what I do. And I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know the questions asked to look in to see what I'm doing it for. And then another thing, another thing, another thing. Oh, look at him. He could leave everything and go to Japan and do the thing and be there for a year. Wow. But for me, it was feeding this like um, external validation machine. Yeah. And it was insatiable. And it was bottomless. Yeah. So then finally, about five, six years ago, I just said, fuck it. And I stopped. At that point, I left the bank. I've gone up north again, make a bunch of money. Then I'll be validated. I can buy a house for $700,000. And then that fell through a week in. Spirit was like, nah, that's not your path. Didn't know that yet. And then I stopped everything. And everyone around me, like those that were still friends at, at that level of awareness that I was at, um, were concerned. I know now it was concerning because I was a reflection of something deep inside them that they didn't know or couldn't be or do yet. But like it was like a yearning inside. There's a soul yeah. connection of like, oh. And th- but I did it because I've always had that predominant characteristic through this life of courage being one of the number one attributes. Once I know, I'll do it. Now it's opening up in connection with more emotion and spirit. Sorry to interrupt. Please. Um, once you know you'll do it, where's the knowing coming from at that level of uh, consciousness that you used to be? Currently or five years ago? Five years ago, since you weren't that connected with your intuition or your truth. I wasn't. I was like, spirituality is so bullshit. Right. Like my girlfriend at the time got a so, Reiki so session. So where would it come like, from? Why are you paying for this? Right. Your knowing, where would it come from? Frustration. Didn't matter what the fuck I did. Didn't matter how great I was in a thing. Didn't matter how successful I was in the business thing or like, oh, I'm doing a startup or um, I'm in Japan. Um, look, I'm in a, this next level of understand or, or, or expressing myself through a job or a career path or something. None of it had me feel fulfilled. Right. So it was... It wasn't so much knowing, it was more, I'm just tired of whatever the fuck this is, but it's not working. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm going to stop. And then a friend came and was like, you should go to uh, this company. It's a mother, it's a father, wife, or a husband, wife team, got young kids. They're making like a million revenue, but they, they, they aren't scaling. You should go in there. And I'm like, I'm not good enough at this. But he's like, yeah, go. He saw me more than I did, right? And then I went in there and I, f- I found that I became a counselor mm-hmm. in a way, like a marriage counselor. They were doing it, <laughs> but like small business to medium business, you can't get to where you want to go from where you came from and the way of being that got you there. You have to let go. Like if you die, your business dies. It's like letting go and delegating and allowing yourself to create systems and procedures. So you can just hand them a book and then this is what we do. So I started writing things down with them. And then I thought inside still, I'm still not in love with myself at this point in my life before I stepped forward in that cabin in the Dominican Republic um, a couple of years after that. And I remember sitting with um, this idea and I'm with this company and not really knowing my value. And, and I decided I'm going to fire myself. But before I do that, I'm going to find someone that's a, 
business consultant that does this. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. And so I was one of those people that was always networking and connecting. I would go to business development things. I'd go to like the chamber of commerce. I'd go to whatever. And I didn't even have a business, but I'd go to connect. And I would see other people like, okay, I have five business cards. I'm going to hand these out and go home. And I'm there without one. And I just make a joke of it. I just love connecting. But again, I didn't know what I was doing it for. Right. Like I didn't know. There was no fulfillment to it. It was just like endless external validation. So I got exactly. That's why I'm asking where did the knowing come from? Because again, it resonates a lot with me. Like my, the reason I would do something or the reason I would make my next decision um, before I started my healing journey was literally and totally just coming from the outside from the external like i would i would my connection with myself and my intuition would be totally cut off and i would just try to achieve force it harder sorry like force it harder yeah force it or or like i would try to get that validation that i was craving so much similar to you from what i'm hearing um in the form of whatever maybe the next project would be or the next girlfriend or whatever the external world, my friend, society, the TV, whatever was um, ingrained in my brain that I should do, I should be doing in order to get that sort of, you know, next level of fulfillment, which never comes (laughs) or comes in very small portions that are never fulfilling fully. Right. Uh, and that's, that, that's why I was asking you about this because, uh, yeah, I like it resonates a lot. And until I, in my own journey again, until I repaired and started to, to connect very slowly and gradually in the beginning back to my truth, back to my intuition and make decisions from there and start getting less about what people say and what people think I should do on the outside and more about what I think I should do and I feel I should do. Uh, Until I did that, my life was chaotic. Uh, I felt super lost, overwhelmed, tired, stressed, unfulfilled, all of that, you know, depressed. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Thank you for uh, sharing again. Uh, there's a lot. So I will answer there. that question. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that led to wanting to fire myself and then going to one of these networking things and meeting some guy that did the first hour presentation. And then I was like, oh, let's do it. There's something about that. And then I'm like, hey, we should have a coffee. I have a business that I want to hire you for. You know, and he's like, oh, cool. And he turned out to be a coach. They know that man. Mm-hmm. And then I had a coffee and he said three things after just, just meeting and talking was, well, you could hire me to help you because you're kind of doing what I do. And it was like kind of on deaf ears, like Teflon, like sure, whatever, man, I'm not good enough. And, um, but I'm on the outside of very confident. So, okay, tell me more. And the second thing he said was, well, you could hire me to work with them, you know, and then you get out of the picture. I don't know why you do that though. Or third, you could become a coach. We actually have a program that's starting in a week. It's a month in. It's 12 months. It's 25 grand. I have no money. And somehow, like, and then that's what it was. 
it was mm-hmm. like leading to, and then I ended this program with a company called Accomplishment Coaching, um, which I've learned now is quite prestigious and well-known um, in that world. And um, I've had a confirmation here on the lake, actually. Someone putting on a retreat, and they're like, oh, yeah, Accomplishment Coaching. That gave me a moment of respect, like, oh, <laughs> I could be doing what you're doing. But it's like this idea of um, I'm in that program, and you couldn't leave, couldn't quit with 24 other people and you're in this space and <laughs> spirituality isn't touched. If things get too emotional, we're trained to refer to a therapist. Mm. But there's something inside still like, I don't know, the spiritual thing, like I was really good in the sciences. Like, I, I, look at me, I can this and what have you and mm. God and this and all this thing. I was so clear, just like Ricky Gervais right now. Mm. I was like with him and how he talks about <laughs> it. Now I've feel like evolved, progressed, let go of and allowed. And, but there's definite threshold points that I've reached. And that was one of them. And then I'm in this program and then the money happened. And then I'm going through this thing and we're going through all our stuff, all this shadow. We're being trained to be coaches. We're being coached throughout it. And you, you there's people that have been doing this like 20, 30 years in it. And it was like, it's the biggest thing is that you just couldn't quit. If it was money, if it was blockage, if you didn't show up to a coaching call, it was, and it was all very mysterious. There's a lot of empty silence and space in this program. Hmm. And you, and then all the dynamics come up. It's uh, called ontological coaching, which they want to call is ology study of, you know, study of being. Mm-hmm. So it's the underneath one. And, and, um, so a very briefly, and I'll end with this to answer that question is, so in that program, I found a place where I could fully understand in a very simple way what is my essence. And I was supporting other people to do the same through mm-hmm. all my doubts and imposter syndromes. And I charge money for this, but I'm still in the program. But we had to. Like it was oh. a whole thing. And um, we're all going through it together. Sometimes we're the one that sees it in the other person. Sometimes we're the one sitting there like, I know it's the thing right now, but I don't see it. Like, and then you go through it. Um, we're never the expert in that training. We're always there to hold per- someone in their highest and greatest good, in their essence, or who they are, and stand for that. And just kind of reflect. Yeah. You know, listen and have silence. Yeah. And then we get to survival mechanisms, or as it was called in that program, automatic ways of being. And then we'd name your three biggest ones. Like one of mine is, which one should I bring up? Sleazy Buddha. <laughs> it's like the, the, you said overwhelm, right? Like that's one of the two, three hundred tools we went through and trained and then was doing with other people, right? It's very extensive and life changing for corporations, for individuals, for couples, whatever. It's all there. And, but there was still something inside me that was like, there's something with the spiritual aspect. We kind of just touched on it a little bit. But I'm still like, meh. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay. And there's something with the, the emotional thing. Like, we couldn't get deep into it. I'm like, ah, oh, I need to go get a psych degree and I gotta do this before I'm qualified. But there's something inside me that knows I can be more with this. And this is before any plant medicine mm-hmm. or ceremony. Um, and I'll close with this. That question is because my mom was a hippie and then stepdad came in. Um, I had this, well, they're not happy, so I'm not going to do drugs. 
Mm-hmm. And because of my mindset, this life, very strong will. Once I choose in something, no one or nothing can take me off that. And so I never did any, quote, drugs. Yeah. I was a nightclub bartender for five years while I was in school, and then I dropped out of school, and then I went to other things because alcohol was okay. Right. 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 <laughs> but I think I'm smart. I'm like, oh, no, no. Right. And, but until about three, four years ago. And now I've done all of them. <laughs> yeah, it resonates with that too. But in like, but all of them in ceremony. Like, I, it's not yeah, like a common yeah. thing of like, oh yeah, we did MDMA and whatever. It's called Molly. Yeah. I'm like, what's Molly? Oh, I had one experience, but it was the most profound everything. Yeah. I, I went through a spirit, like I went through a walkabout as an initiation into adulthood on my own. And I was guided and I, it's like a whole long story. And they're like, MDMA? Yeah. yeah, man. I put my guilt into a pillow. All the men went into the garage. We went outside. I did a whole circle thing. <laughs> I threw it into the trees. I was like, why am I wearing clothes? And then I was like, what's the earth? I was listening to the earth. I pick up a pine cone. I find out later if that's a pineal gland, but I didn't know that. I'm doing a cir- Like, it was just like a whole fucking thing. Yeah. You know? And so I think that I've had the opportunity to develop in a way that allows me to be in consistent reverence of what it is and where I'm developing a relationship with the plant, the person, the situation, the moment. And I think that's um, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, It's kind of fascinating how mysterious our destiny and journeys are, right? Like, like similar, again, similar to you, like my twenties, up to my thirties, I, I haven't touched any sort of drug except for weed, marijuana. I smoked weed in high school. Yeah. From grade nine and then my grades went down to <laughs> grade 11. But I was still on the cross country team and track and stuff. And then right. I stopped everything. Right. Just right. alcohol. I, I never had it. I just smoked weed a couple of times, one time in Hawaii and a few other times, but very, you know, very few in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in my thirties, we did ayahuasca. At 30, I think we, I was 30, yeah, studying 31 that time, that next month. And that kind of opened me up to a whole new world. And of course it was in, inside of ceremony and then whatever, mostly psychedelics uh, and MDMA I did after were mostly in a ceremonious way uh, where you are you know, in ceremony, present, connection, intention. Why am I doing this? Is it just, you know, to get numb or is it to actually pass that numbness and that sort of traumatic event that I was experiencing who knows when and learn where it come from, comes from and actually transcend it. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I resonate with that a lot too. Um, kind of fascinating how, how, yeah, these words are so intertwined and so unique. Do you want them to? Sorry? Do you want them to intertwine? Do you have attachment to that? Or is it more of an observance? It's more of an observance. I was mostly referring to like other people being in their own journeys being intertwined, you know, like intersecting. I had no judgment. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so. One thing I wanted to ask is where do you see, where do you feel you are now in your healing journey, given everything you've gone through and all the healing you've done? I think I'd like to define my current definition of healing. Healing for me feels like movement. 
um, something that is not moving, that wants to. And we can give it, we can personify and give it ideas of like being heard, um, being witnessed, being expressed through us, being felt. Um, but I think that things become, as I learn more about, like at one point I was like, well, I'm, many things have happened in two, three years. And my marketing friend, he's like, you had an intensive. You say a little story and then, and then someone's like, oh, that was over a year. So I think that was a month. And hmm. I've kind of had that way of being. Like I was, when someone found me on the thing called Clubhouse and I was like, then they told me I'm supposed to teach you everything I know. Oh. And that turned into Reiki, but I didn't know what that was until after. I'm like, should I get certified? I guess. And then like do, oh, that's, that's that thing. Oh, it's channeling. Oh, that's your, you're being a medium right now. You're hearing the things and you're acting in ways that there isn't a logical way of how it was. So energy worked up into, um, you know, um, so there's an understanding of being with energy, I think. And I feel that movement is what allows for the flow of life. It's kind of like the Huna, the Hawaiian spiritual practice of like one of the, the shaman, I guess, if you want to call it. They just focus on surfing the waves. Yeah. Um, and there's one guy that I listened to sometimes on Clubhouse when I was on there two years ago. And that helped me a lot too. Cause I had instant confirmation with someone in Paris saying, Oh, me too. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Crazy. And it, it accelerated things. And that person that found me, oh, so there's Kumu Pao Lawrence Aki, 50th generation shaman on one of the islands in Hawaii. And he's had practices. And then we'd talk. And I'd mostly just listen. And then at the same time, there's someone else from Australia that's like, I'm supposed to chill these things. And she was resisting the speed. And finally, someone that she respected said, no, Scott's fine. He can go. He's like a, he's like a kid going 80 kilometers an hour on a bicycle. Give it to him. And I'm like, I've done that many times when I was on triathlon team. But like, he's good, you know, you don't have to do a little bit and then come back in a week with integration between. He's, just, he's good. He's done a lot of fucking work through his life, you know, mm. because of that childhood, because of that way of being, that character, the, the different examples of masculine and feminine in ways that allowed me to come to a place early 20s. Like, oh, I, I don't hate anyone, but I did. And that was the last person or this experience. And then that. And now I'm here. Yeah. So it's like this idea of healing feels like um, bringing dark light to dark. You know, yeah. it is good or bad. We've chosen duality, We've chosen heaviness and slowness. Our manifestation is the thing between what we think and what will physically appear to give our human the satisfaction of it being. Um, it's for a reason, you know, the pain, the pleasure. The struggle, the uh, bliss, the joy, the ecstasy, you know, like, um, the lesson, the learning. Yeah, we choose. You know, I think that comes back to choice. And what I've understood is that we still have that thing of free will. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know with that, but, um, healing itself, um, I was very sure and certain because look at me, I'm intelligent. I can talk to anybody from any walk of life. I can relate and I can connect and I can prove them wrong if I need to. I have so much validation from the external. Mm -hmm. And so then we lead you through the process and things and coaching program to like, there's more. And then I signed up for Tony Robbins stuff. 
and then things were happening. Like now I'm like a platinum partner, I guess. I'm like part of the inner circle, but I'm not. <laughs> but I'm there, and I'm doing that at the same time. And then I take on another thing online, and then the whole shutdown, psyop came through. <laughs> Whatever the 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 um. Then I was just doing many things, but I was still having a coach at the time, a coach that I thought was too good for me. And so I reached out and she's like, of course, yeah, I'll give you a discount rate. No problem. Wow. Yeah. Things like that. It's like she, she brought my program to Canada. I love her. She's amazing. Um, and then all these things led to this understanding that there was more, but I didn't know what, just like when I stopped everything, there was a feeling of like, I'm just fucking frustrated with this. I don't know what it is, but something's going to happen. I know I'm going to handle it because I've been able to burn shit down and start again so many times. So here I'm going to do it again, but it's going to grow. It's like a phoenix maybe. I hope. Yeah. It's more romantic. I like that. Yeah. And so like, here I am, and now I'm going to do whatever's next. And then I decide, I'm in, and now I'm doing the second year of the coaching program. I've done some Tony Robbins stuff, so I've made connection with the Platinum Partnership. There's people that spend 85 grand just to be and then to travel, and they have the opportunity to do that because of their business and money. And here I am, like, well, I have $40. <laughs> oh, down with my coach, and I put a number up there and worked with her and made four grand. And then I got 3987 But I forgot about it. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's possible. Let's go with something bigger. Where are my limits and, and just work through with someone. So I'd recommend anyone to be with any kind of mentor if they have the opportunity. Um, and it's okay if you're like me and you're like fucking bullshit personal development. And then I was in Tony Robbins and then I was doing affirmations. Then I got the job and then I had the girl that was the ballerina and I was a pre triathlete, pre professional triathlete. Look at this. But it still was unconscious. I was still missing that spiritual aspect yeah. that you, you talked about before. And then the moment was, being at the second live six-day higher barrier of entry, I'm, I'm a platinum partner guest, but I still need to come with seven, eight grand somehow. And then my father comes out of nowhere, says he's not going to give me anything. And then he sends me a check for 10 grand. Well, the day or two before, I had to have it in. So I'm like, all right, fuck, here we go. I'm still not spiritual, quote, unquote. Well, so here I am. And then I look back now since then, many things like that have happened. And I'm beginning to believe it more. And so I'm here and I go to the date with destiny thing and you're just jumping around for 12, 13 hours. You're with people from all over the world. There's 5,000 people there. You're in the platinum group. So you're like, there's people that are really into it and they're really jumping around and me too. And I got so much energy and I'm going to do this. And now we're going to sit and breathe. I'm going to check with my heart. Now we're going to all stand up like we're men and we're going to play Braveheart and we're going to really feel it. And, and then the women are going to do that. I'm like, oh my God, there's a difference. And like all these ex like using NLP, using lights, using techniques, using all these things, and we're just so fucking hyped. You don't want to sleep, and you stay up all night with these people. At least I do. Wow. And um, you're doing all these things, and you're like, oh, my God, everything and anything is possible. And then that led to meeting someone kind of and then going with their group called Legendary. It's a guy named Gerald and Allison and Tony, a, a couple, married couple, and this other amazing dude, Tony. Um, and now I'm part of their group online. So I'm still in the second year of running the program and coaching the first year coaching students like I did. Yeah. There's four levels of that, four years. And, but I'm also doing Tony Robbins kind of world. And I'm also now doing this other one from the Tony Robbins world connection. And 
I'm there and I'm now I'm at the six day thing, three, four days into it. You know, I remember the first day I came, I said to someone that's been to a lot of Tony Robbins stuff and I remember saying, I'm going to surrender this or something. I said something like that. So I still remember it looked like, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. You don't know what you're talking about. But, and then three, four days into it, there was a moment of a woman from India that was left for dead to understand, yeah. to, left for dead to, um, because she was blind and she was growing up in the slums and a police officer came up and said, Hey, where's your mom? And she was so positive and optimistic, like, Oh, she's going to come pick me up. And then he took pity and brought her to an orphanage and then fast forward. Now she's in Canada. She was adopted. She wasn't supposed to. It's this whole story. And now she's in this room with 5,000 people talking to Tony Robbins and I'm listening to it. And something about that story broke something in me and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. It's like why everything's connected. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh, I'm not the person of same side. And like just everything. And that was one another one of those moments. But I still wasn't spiritual. And that led to another thing, that led to another thing, to another thing, to being in Salt Lake City, to getting on a plane from Canada, telling everyone and everyone's saying it's COVID, you can't go. To two months later, this group is having a live event in Salt Lake City, Utah. And then I just didn't tell anyone I left. One way ticket. That was another moment. There was a resistance. I've never had to get off a plane before, but that happened. And then I was 24 hours late, like a whole fucking thing. And now I'm there. And now I'm in a group with someone online for about three, four months before that moment. And then one of those people in that small group does family constellations in St. George, Utah. And now I'm in family constellations. Now I'm feeling energy. And I'm still, my mind is like, oh, you're feeling a shiver on your spine. It must be cool. Right. It kept happening and happening. I'd get big <laughs> roles in these things and you don't know what you are. I'm like, I know what it feels like to be a guy that's been dead for a hundred years and he hates that other person being represented by that and that thing. And I love that person that's walking around in this family constellation thing. But we wouldn't be told all these things until after. So it was like over and over. And then I was part of that for six, seven days. And on the sixth day, one of the people in that group, in this retreat, which I was being asked to like co- build a business with the person running it. Um, uh, sort of Bufo. So then I had Bufo. <laughs> wow. And then the next day I went to the desert in Arizona to do ayahuasca for the first time. Okay. And then that led to the next thing, to the next thing, to, oh my God, this is channeling, to now I'm doing it on Clubhouse. Now I'm doing readings for people. Now I've got Oracle decks. And I'm getting this consistent feedback. This is very accurate. I allow myself to just be a cleaning crew channel. And now I'm in Lake Atila. Quite a fascinating trajectory. Yeah. And I wonder, was there... Well, it, it, almost, it almost feels like you weren't even looking for it, right? You were... Uh, no, it came to you. Yeah. And that... To some extent, to me, I saw it afterwards almost. It's like, oh fuck, that just happened. Right. To me, that story or that sort of trajectory sounds, in a way, the way to get it, or the 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 easier way to get it, maybe. At least in my own experience, because I've been a bit on the opposite of that, where I would believe in these things quite a lot, but they wouldn't manifest that easy you know 
or I wouldn't get that sort of uh, evidence from the outside in, in the form of manifestations or synchronicities or whatever um, that easy or not at that level that you're talking about, right? So then, because my belief would be somewhere here, but the evidence from outside would be somewhere here, much lower, I would think like, oh, I'm, I'm a bit too crazy, I'm a bit too naive, I'm, think, I'm believing too much, and look at the external world not really showing up, you know, at the same level. And you, I feel like it was quite the opposite. Like you would believe 10%, but you would get this evidence is at 50% or more. And so, I tell people now, and I'm like, I'm in a, I'm in an all, like a, the Bellagio in the VIP area. Yeah. Five so bathrooms, 1500 a night thing. Crazy. People are supposed to, there aren't. And I'm there with my partner looking out like, all oh, right, it doesn't have to be like a number. Like you have $10,000. It's, these experiences are being expressed in a way that comes, you just get out of the way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's why I'm, I'm even saying it's easier because you are out of the way. You're not even looking for them. You're just, I never know what I'm going to say anymore. <laughs> this whole time, you know, like my brain's just there to allow me to be able to speak English. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you're using your brain as a, as it's intended as a tool. Which is another whole long story in there that I skipped over many things. Like I'm at Chichen Itza and I'm in the Yucatan and I'm there and I'm like supposed to make a drum with a shaman and then I skip it and I'm like, ah, okay, I'm supposed to go with this. And then I meet this guy, Mitch, he's amazing. <laughs> and I'm in this and he's going to see his maestro in Chichen Itza and it so happens to be, but like a year, two years before that, like my spirit, my first spirit totem came through and it was a snake and I was like, ah, oh, man, I thought you something cool like an eagle. And, and then it's like, oh, but it's got feathers. And I've learned since, right? Like, there, that was just ego. Not good or bad. I have a whole thing on ego as well. It's just here to support us to be in our human bodies. It's not good or bad. Mm. And the, and then I'm there. And then it's like the, the two days of the equinox. And I didn't know that. And there's Kukulkan, Katsukoro, like the feather serpent. Yeah, I didn't even know. I, I, I looked it up in Wikipedia. It's crazy. Yeah, at first. And now it's like two years and I'm here. Because I just kind of said, okay. Because of that one attribute I feel this human wanted to express through him as like a big way of being is courage. And so it's like almost yeah. like the fear of now I know it will happen. If I get really clear and intentional, I have support around me. It's hmm. kind of the next level right now. It's like closing the gap from like when you were sharing about that, like um, you were motioning for people in podcast land that like one level high, like I have these beliefs and it's possible, but the result is not here. Right. And then your perception of my experience and my journey so far is different. Right. The opposite. Di different. Right. So I'm th seeing that as a story. And um, I think that when personal development allowed me to feel more into how I could be more present with predominant ways that I show up and how it's probably showing up everywhere. But I think it's just right here. What do you exactly mean by that? I feel it's like, I like the analogy of we're just big nervous systems walking around, reacting to things, you know? <laughs> And we think it's more. And I feel we're just a channel. We're a conduit. We're a, a way to express through us our current level of understanding and what we're resisting and what we're allowing and 
what we're feeling, what we're not feeling, um, what we're expressing. Yeah. Um, and I guess I had a big influence, Shaman, uh, a guy named Shaman Dirk. He found me on Clubhouse. Yeah, I heard you talking about it. Yeah, and I've learned a lot. And I love him. Beautiful human being. And his story is a sixth-generation shaman. He's doing these things. He doesn't touch plants, which is just like a small part of Earth shamanism in his expression of how he shared it. And he has a book called Spirit Hacker. Read it. And do the things in it. Okay. Or don't read it. Thank you. Okay, read it. But <laughs> do the things. And he, he spoke to ego in a way that stayed with me, and it makes sense. That the ego is here to support us to stay in the human experience. You know, if we go into the outside of the dimension that we're in, this density, this duality, right, wrong, up, down, slowness, um, heaviness, and the, why would we stay? <laughs> go back. Yeah. And I think it's here to support. And then you can develop a relationship again with it and say, hey, ego, tell me something fucking awesome about me. <laughs> Thank you. All, right on. Yes. Okay. A little bit of courage, some, some feeling good, you know. I mean, that's all we're here to do, I think. And okay. just to be what it is that we signed up to express ourselves through, but we have to go through the arduous tasks of suffering. And then I think as we do the work and we show up more in honesty of self, seeing each other and seeing ourselves, um, less attachment, less expectation, then I think it gives us more of an opportunity um, to be more expressed in what feels good and that uh, we can love and we feel the love and we receive it you know it's like that circulation piece yeah that's being expressed yeah i love that thank you okay um yeah we talked a lot <laughs> uh, i mean about a lot of different things uh that you're doing do you have any particular maybe practice that you're doing it in this phase of your life, do you want to share? I feel that the one that comes up, you know, um, was at Fungi Academy here in Lake Atilan, um for six months. I left in December. It's August now. You can do the math. Um, the, there's, it still came through, it didn't matter what medium or um, what I was offering or what I was supporting in or supporting other people's passions through their offerings. Um, it still always came back to how I was supported to develop a relationship with my body, to develop a relationship with my heart, mm. to learn that through my process. Um, like, uh, okay, I did a, a three-month online coaching program with someone else, and then we called it Pathway to Divine, and it pretty much was my process to be where I was to where I am now. Okay. We're activating people. I being told by spirit and people and confirmation that I'm here to activate people. I love that. You just talk, Scott, just show up. And I've had people say in, in rooms being like, I don't know what you're saying, but whatever the fuck's happening, my body's reacting and things are opening. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> And well, I can speak to that. Sorry to interrupt again uh, about the podcast. Like, you've activated that in me. 
I want people, I, I fucking love humans. Like I'm meant to be that. I'm here to support as I love myself more. I have more capacity and ability to shine that, to be that lighthouse, you know, like not running around trying to shine on people. Hey, here's a flashlight. Right. Fucking see yourself. You're amazing. <laughs> Cause I had developed not to love me. So I've got really good and sensitive to how I can be and see and attune to other people's thoughts, feelings, emotions. Cause I didn't have the safety I felt, but I'm so grateful for it now. Yeah. I had to go through that shit, to go through it, to be in this place that I have these superpowers, you know, yeah. that were had the 10,000 hours, you know, like had whatever it was. So that now that's my way of being. And it was aligned to what I think my soul chose for a possible journey or path. And so here I am now. Um, I think it, the, the greatest thing is to I remember I was working with someone on a coaching call. And this is going to answer your question about a practice is that I stopped the call. And I'm like, let's just breathe. And he was, you know, under his father's shadow of being a very good, successful business person. And I just stopped and I'm like, let's do box breathing. Breathe in for four. Hold, count to four, and breathe out for four. And I learned at that point I had to do it or they wouldn't do it. <laughs> and things like that. And we did that a couple of times. And his feedback since is being when I hear from him, though I'm quite dis, I feel like I've gone through many different worlds of people, as I, whatever you want to call it. And it, it was, it, for him, it was the most profound thing he's ever done in his life. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was so intelligent and motivated, and he had this huge drive to prove to his father he could be a yeah. successful, achievement oriented alpha. A type, you know, and so I think that's it. I think it's, um, borrowing the practice or courage maybe from something or someone else outside of you that unconsciously has leverage over you. Like Tony Robbins did with me. Shaman Durek did for a bit, you know, Wayne Dyer. Let me repeat that. So borrowing something or some, someone outside of you that has leverage over you. Is that what you said? Sure. I never know. But yes. Okay. <laughs> So I tell people to record things when I do readings with them. Right. Um, or a Zoom call. Record it, sure. Probably won't look at it. <laughs> um, there's a sense of, yeah, like borrowing the, 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 whatever it is, there's a feeling inside you and like don't go big if you don't want to. Like just go with something small. Like I, I want support in eating differently or I want whatever that one thing is. Yeah. Look for something outside of you to support you to be that, do that, experience that. It's, you're not reliable as a human to do it yourself. Hmm. You're just not. It's predictive and that you won't because you have lots of evidence that that's happened over and over. And you have judgment, if not unconscious, consciously. So just choose one thing that feels accessible it's something you know you want to do, let go of the other shit, get something outside of you, like something with accountability that you put energy into, be it money or commitment, that you just feel out of integrity if you don't do it. And that will build on itself. What would that be? Like another person, an accountability body? Well, I think that there'd be an effective coach from what I was training through accomplishment coaching was um, I'm not their friend. I can't be. 
Yeah. Can't be in that relationship, even though I am demanding in a way, or we're developing a relationship through consideration given, right? Money for time and all that contract signed, you know, minimum three months is like, because I will say the thing that the other person won't, because there's an unconscious or conscious thing that you don't want to lose. You know, if you go to that deep place, someone could say, fuck you, and I'm never going to talk to you again. Right, or, good oh, friends. I'm in love with you, and yeah. I'm infatuated, yeah. and we should be together for the rest of our lives. Right. You know, you're my soulmate. Or something. Like, you don't know. There's something other than that. So to be in a situation with someone that's done enough of the work, and if they haven't, and there's something that comes up, they still have a support network, like another coach, to work through it themselves. You know, what a blessing. And so... To, yeah, to be somewhere that's like, that's, that's out of my attainment. I can't afford that. Or that's just a little bit further. That stretches me somewhere. But I know inside when I breathe, I come into myself. Maybe it was like, for me, meditation. That was before all these things, before the stopping everything. It's like I was part of a startup for a marketing company. And I remember getting the Headway app. Like the, com- the Headway app. Oh, com- yeah. Calm. And I do the free version. Yeah. And I do whatever. And I would just go do it. And that led to where I am now, right? Like, um, at one point, the most extreme of my, my path was all possessions gone. Literally all material possessions gone. I had a backpack I'm in Mexico. I have a mala. I'm on a Zoom call with a Hindu monk doing a mala chant. And I'm just eating beans. I don't know where I'm going to sleep, but it seems to keep working out, you know, like, it doesn't have to be the extreme. I think I'm able to be that for other people so they can borrow that, right? Mm-hmm. There's some kind of a leverage. There's a thing that they want, but there's, they just don't know how or whatever. That doesn't matter. Just say yes to something and sign up for it. Pay the money, get the plane ticket, have the experience, have the fear, have the resistance. Have the rationality of why you shouldn't. Have the buyer's remorse. Have all these different ways of being with why you shouldn't do what you inside you know might do something. Like me, like I've had many opportunities and I think that's, I don't know, there seems to be a shift or difference of like, I'll do it once I'm clear. Right. No. So my relationship with uncertainty has become healthy, you know, and that's the only way. Because we develop the ways of being that are stopping us from doing something different. We develop the ways of supporting our nervous system and self to feel safe in those times when we were helpless. We were a small child, we were shaking a crib, or we saw someone die. You know, which I've done. That's crazy. Like I get shot. Another story. So like, there's there's so many opportunities for us to be with something that's very in our face, we don't want to see it, but when we go to our breath and we check in and then we go for it anyway, is when the universe is like, I guess I'll answer the question with, in the end, we're all in this river and most of us are going upstream and we're got to work harder. We got to look at that boulder and push it up the mountain. We got to do the things. And sometimes we get really ingenious and we get a company and we're all rowing and it's like AI now and we're rowing even harder up and it's like, look at us, fuck, we're winning. Nothing's really, I'm forcing it all on the things and I'm getting this money, but I'm still not fulfilled and 
my wife left me and what the fuck? And here I am. And then some of us let go of the oars. Some of us let go of one and we're just spinning around. And then when you surrender, like I was given the advice from spirit, don't read Michael Singer's surrender experiment. It'll fuck with your journey. So I didn't. I said, wow, interesting. Yeah. And so I didn't. And then I, and then you just go with the flow. And then sometimes there's rapids and turbulent things. And then it's like, you turn the corner. I actually had this experience as a kid, which is strange. And it's not strange. And, and then you still have to choose at some point to push the boat ashore. There's still that free will. That's choice. Yeah. The empowerment in that moment, even though you don't know what you're doing it for, but there's something inside and then you're taking for and you feel you're out of your body and like, Oh my God, I'm going to judged and who knows and what feelings and emotions, but you still push the boat ashore. And then when you do that, sometimes you may need to portage it, pick it up and maybe there'll be a fucking rainstorm or a boulder in front of you or snake head or who knows. But I think that's the universe saying, are you sure? Like me, I was on that one way ticket. Yeah. Leaving all the things. Yeah. But I've never complained before. The fuck's happening here? Like they literally took it off the tarmac on off. I'm like, okay, it's fine. They'll put me in a hotel. I got to the the, the retreat, but it's like there's there's a test, you know? Are there's you a, serious? There's a test to to, to, to try you, how serious you are, right? It's like that that idea of there. I had this connection with this guy named um, forget his name right now. That's okay. Um, he's like the next Napoleon Hill. I'm thinking Gorridge. But he wrote a book, and he's co-wrote like over a hundred books with people. Hmm. And I'm in his mansion in Carlsbad, and I remember being on a call with someone, and uh, um, we were talking about his book, Three Feet from Gold. That's hmm. when people stop. Yeah, you know, and hmm. and and then I have a call with my last coaching client that won't quit, because so I'm like going on and I'm like, okay, here we are, love him, and. <laughs> he uh and I'm like, hey, you want to meet so and so, Greg? It's like, yeah. And he's like, the look on his face, like, holy shit, that's the guy in the book that I'm studying and I'm reading, and then you're sitting there playing pool with him and his mansion, and you're not even working right now, and you're there. It's like, I'm still disembodied from that. So going back to the beginning of the podcast and this conversation, that's my journey is to reclaim, to be with that that happened. I'm sitting with that person. I did that experience, you know. Yeah. Um. So just do the thing. Just do the thing. Buy the ticket. Buy the ticket. Hire the person. Come back to breath. Reach yeah. out. Don't do it yourself. We we haven't done anything alone anyway. Mm. The shirt you're wearing was made by someone else. The thing you're standing on. The right. water you're drinking. The food you ate. Like everything's in circulation and community and connection. So start to just choose and go forward. You can't make a wrong choice. Yeah. And what you've done is not who you are. Yeah. So just do the next thing. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, my next question would have been, what do you, what advice do you have for, for people on the journey? But I think this kind of sums it up. Just buy the ticket. Do, do the thing. Go for it. Do the thing. Do the thing and know that sometimes maybe like you're me and you have to go really fucking extreme. Like you don't right. just go, you, you, let's do a sport. You do like the hardest sport you could think of triathlons. Mm, yeah. And you force it <laughs> or whatever. And 
Maybe you just need to learn. Maybe you learn astrology later in life, and you're like, oh, all those things were on retrograde. Okay, that means I meant to go through really hard. Yeah. Or whatever, right? Like, or it, I love it. It's like Mercury's in microwave again, and the things are coming through. It's like be fun with it. Do the things, but show up in a way that feels to your current level of authenticity. Um, I think a big thing is where we can create situations and opportunities that we can love the past versions of ourselves more and that frees up the opportunity for spirit to uh, open up that path yeah uh okay uh we're we're getting closer to wrapping it up but i would ask you this since we are not asking the other question what do you think is a simple way maybe a simple technique or something something in your arsenal in your vast arsenal for people who are maybe not on the path or as advanced on the path or just starting you know just there at the threshold maybe uh, to kind of really feel and really know what they want to do you know before they buy the ticket before they uh, I don't know join the company or start the company or whatever it is yeah. you know like in today's age especially and again this is something personal to me there's there are so many distractions and so many avenues we can go on and you know it's so easy to get overwhelmed and get lost uh so how do you bring the discernment into your own life and uh you know so you know what your truth is in your in your opinion from your journey yeah great question to close it up um Um, I think it's satisfying the mind in some way. It's giving it the opportunity. So it's reading, it's podcasts like this. It's something that you just keep pouring stuff in. And like Tony Robbins said, eventually good stuff pours out, <laughs> trickles out. You know, it's just like, um, um, also maybe do, maybe set up a little shrine in your closet. Don't tell anyone about it. Just start mm. do a little thing. Get a little weird. You know, like get a little weird. Like get that. a little weird. Like do a thing. Like I'm not going to tell someone, but I'm going to sign up for body work that the Cairo actually looks at some astrology or like something weird. You know, but like you've heard from people, and your mind's going to want satisfaction enough to spend this hard-earned money, but then you do it anyway. So it's kind of the same thing, but start what feels on like a scale of magnitude more accessible. Like if I was training someone with mindset and vitality and, and coaching and like I did in the past, you yeah. know, groups are personal. Um, let's just start with that thing that makes, has you feel like you've achieved something. You actually get instant gratification or if not very soon, it has a more of a profound impact on you, but it took what felt like the least amount of effort. Mm. So go for like the low hanging fruit of something. That may give you the opportunity to start believing another way is possible, you know, um, whatever that is. Like, um, for example, being with uh, eating differently or yeah. um, doing a little bit of exercise. Do, like the little habits, you know, like the little time. Just pick one though. Don't fucking do a list like I always used to do. Like yeah. ten things. I'm gonna do it this time. It's a fresh start. Right. 
I, ignoring the evidence that I've done this many <laughs> times, like the New Year's thing, right? right? Gyms would not exist if people didn't sign up on New Year's. Right. And then stopped coming. They couldn't hold all the people. Right. So it's like knowing that this is just it. I consistently lie to myself. Maybe I'm not ready to see that yet. So let's just not even be aggressive. Let's be low hanging fruit, something soft, something that's like there. It feels kind of attainable. Maybe you can go to smart goals. Like, is, what are they? Simple? No. Measurable, yeah. achievable, whatever. Like, go with like a tangible, it's in a book. Like, maybe don't go to a seance in the jungle, you know, <laughs> first, right? Like, do something that's like edged there. And you keep, like, it's the fourth time someone suggested this. Right. Maybe there's a thing. I'm not going to tell anyone, but I'm going to show up. Whatever it is, you know, or like call that person or do that thing or show up like, um, yeah, but don't uh, go slow, go easy. You know, like when I was on the triathlon team, the, the thing was, um, 10%. Mm. Ten, don't do more than 10% intensity or speed, you know, like then you'll hurt yourself and then you're out for four months or something. Mm. Just see what the next low hanging simple thing that's right there you know and i'll just build on itself yeah thank you for that thank you and thank you for um, this podcast and for this conversation for being you and uh, i really felt like uh, at points uh, you're really channeling uh, you know throughout our conversation so thank you for uh, for doing that and for being able to do that you can see And you're hearing this, like we all have this sensorium that's being yeah. dumbed down since we were born into this culture and society. Yeah. It could be smell, it could be taste, it could be hearing, it could be seeing what can't be seen. It's, it's like, could be knowing, you know, we give them these names like clairsentience, claircognizance, clairaudience, clairgust, whatever. It's like, that stuff will come, you know. Also, in, another thing, it doesn't matter what I say. It's like, <laughs> Our identity is one of the strongest things for the human. We call it ego, but like identity, like I can't tell you what to do. You know, like look at parents and kids. Yeah. If they were hippies. Fuck that. I'm going to have a Mercedes in a suit and I'm going to read GQ and I'm going to have a tie bar and I'm going to walk a square and I'm going to show up and I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to be in finance. You know, and here I am, right? Like, fuck, I don't want to wear shoes. <laughs> I get it. You know, but it's like another evolution of where your parents stopped with their limit. So it's like this feeling of just become a bit more of you. And that's all the universe is asking. And whatever that looks like, its expression will be felt by yourself and others, but usually others first. And then you'll start becoming more open to receive who you are. And that's why doing that little thing, that book or that thing that's a bit outside of your comfort zone, Or hire someone like I used to be, right? Like that coach that would support the person. And then I became the coach. I'm like, am I the coach that is supporting people to quit their job? I don't know if that's my thing, you know, but like that's definitely where I am. Yeah. You know, like I cannot do what that was anymore, whatever I was doing. Yeah. And if people vibe with it, fuck yeah. Yeah. If people are going to hate it, then I'm doing it right. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm like more of an agitator and a, a mirror, so. Yeah, yes, it does seem like the rebellious kind. Quite. <laughs> yeah, we're through a lot, so it doesn't come out as aggressively. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love you. Yeah, I'm just going to do it best with the truth. 
Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Is there um, a place or somewhere where people can find you? Hmm. Do you even want that at this point in your life? Well, I'm going to be managing the Mystical Yoga Farm. Yeah. So here's a shout out to um, Jahendo and Sunny. I love them and that whole group. I've been on the lake for a year and four months now. I meant to come for five weeks to write a book and I stayed. I, I sat with the Wichol, with Peyote and Temescal, just with their energy. Cacao ceremony and mind cognovision with a guy named Walter here. Check him out if you're here. He's, he'll be in Europe actually in September. Um, like there's opportunity in places that call you. You don't need to think and look into your fucking cartography and your ley lines and where you should be or not. And like, where was I in a past life? And maybe it's Japan. I should go there. Just kind of go with that little feeling. And then maybe that's the place you take a vacation. And then that thing happens. Yeah. You know, and so my my offering and my invitation to people is reach out to someone or something that you mean meaning to. Like I remember I had a client and he looked up to um what's the guy, Noah something, he had a talk show. But he's I'm like, send him a message. Noah Trevor? Yeah. Trevor Noah. Who knows? Well, yeah. You might not reply, but you won't know unless you do. For sure. Or show up to the place or do the thing, you know? And and you have that cheerleader with you to support you and kind of just keep on reflecting your highest and greatest because we're the last to see it, it seems. So my invitation is to do that. If you want to connect with me directly, I do have whatifitsimple.com, I think. Um, and I do have offerings. I do do readings for people, um, uh, healings, supporting you to heal yourself. That's all on there on the website. Um, other than that come to Mystical Yoga Farm I'll be there for the next 7 months alright what if it's yeah. come for the Mystical Yoga Farm on Lake Attic Land yeah. love it thank you so much Scott for this thank you everyone for tuning in and being here with us on this episode of Life is Good podcast I hope you got to learn some interesting things today maybe some resonated with you maybe some didn't or maybe some you've heard for the first time. In any case, if you have any questions or feedback for me, please don't hesitate to contact me at the link in the description of the podcast. I am so honored to be doing this, and I'm looking forward to be with you in the next episodes. Thank you, thank you, thank you.